0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: This episode of Obehave is brought to you by Family Pet. FamilyPet.com, the knowledge center. It's Obehave with Arden Moore. The show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Arden Moore.
0: Welcome to the O Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today knows how to play it safe for your pets this summer and beyond. You know, she's got quite a pedigree in the pet world for many, many, many diverse accomplishments. She is an in-demand professional speaker, a best-selling author, certified animal behaviorist. She's not only dogs' best friend, but she's pretty fine to felines, too. I want you all to please give pause and applause to the one and only Darling Arden. Welcome to the show, Darlene.
2: Thank you, Arden. What a pleasure to be with you today.
0: You know, you do a lot for pets, and I gotta say, you've got a great last name.
2: You know, you have a wonderful <laughs>
0: first name. Ah, we're gonna get along. We're gonna get along. Hey, folks, Darlene is here today to help us keep our pets safe this summer, and we're gonna find out what's up with Darlene and her world, and she's gonna share some of these savvy tips, but we gotta pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. OBEHAVE is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
0: Welcome back to the OBEHAVE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Joining us today is Darlene Arden. That's right, from New York City. That's where she hails, but her work and her talents and her passion for pets go global. She is, in my opinion, one of the leading authorities for all things pets. You know, I thought I wore a lot of collars in the pet world, but Darlene, boy, you got me. I mean, after the show, everybody, please, I want you to sniff out her site. It's DarleneArden.com. And check out some of her uh, pet skills. She's a certified animal behaviorist. She is a professional dog trainer, author, lecturer. World Canine Freestyle Organization judge. Hey, you know, you started out as a singer and dancer, right?
2: I did. And you and went to I'm the dogs England. and cats? I'm a little north of New York.
0: Okay, north of New but, York. Pardon me.
2: That's okay. It's just that if people are going to look for me in New York. They're going to have a hard time <laughs> finding me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so how did you go from dancing and singing to going to the dogs and cats and, and other companion animals?
2: It's very strange. strange. There was a transition in there where I had been an actor, singer, dancer, occasional choreographer, occasional writer, to full time writer, and then the people who bred my Yorkshire Terrier, who was the dog of my heart, we all have at least one of those, asked me if I would please write about dogs, <laughs> and I looked at them like, they've grown an extra head, haven't you? i <laughs> doing that, and sort of do them a favor, I did, and then guess who got captured by the world of animals? Because I always was. I just didn't know you could write about them. And I had been doing a lot of celebrity profiles and behind-the-scenes stories and, you know, write what you know. Well, I knew a lot about animals, but I never thought to channel my work that way. And for a time, I was balancing the two and doing celebrity profiles and pet profiles. And then I was doing some travel writing and women's issues. And suddenly I discovered I really liked being able to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. So I started doing a lot of veterinary writing for the layperson and writing about animal welfare and just wanted to help solidify the human-animal bond and make life better for pets and their owners. Dogs expanded to cats in my writing, and, you know, I love both. And then I got totally involved in behavior Inspired by Dr. Karen overall.
0: Oh, she's great.
2: Isn't she incredible? I can still, in my mind's eye, picture her speaking at that meeting where I met her and just blown away. And I've seen her many times since and was finally able to tell her. I got up the courage to say, you know, Karen, it's all your fault.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've heard her speak and she can even say big words and then explain them. I think that's pretty good too.
2: Oh, she's wonderful. She can reach any audience. I mean, she personalizes things with great stories about issues and clients, and she just grabs your attention with things to which you can relate. I've been to veterinary lectures, and you know, you know how it is. We go to all oh, veterinary meetings, sometimes more than some of the veterinarians, which is frightening. And there are guys speaking, you know, in that sort of shorthand that you would, might read. Like, I remember one doctor who... I quickly nicknamed Dr. Pufa. Dr. Pufa. Polyunsaturated fatty acids. And he couldn't say polyunsaturated fatty acids. He kept calling it Pufa. (laughs) So forevermore, this guy who was very famous and will remain nameless (laughs) was Dr. Pufa. And the next time I heard him lecture, he actually spoke words that people could understand. And I think it may be because some of us weren't really happy with Pufa.
0: No, you know what? You touch on some, too. You are very good at communicating, and you know how to communicate to each different kind of audience. And, you know, you can be the smartest veterinarian in the world, but what good is it if your knowledge can't be
2: shared? That's exactly right, and that's what was so frustrating. And I did say a couple of quiet words. Greatest guy socially. Really nice guy to sit around and talk with, and he really could speak English. But when he spoke... He couldn't communicate with the entire audience, and that was kind of sad. It was also boring.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like that, you find yourself in a semi-coma.
0: Yeah, you're and, doing your third catnip of the presentation, right? <laughs>
2: if I only had some that day, Arden, I would have given my IT for it.
0: Well, I got to tell you, folks, listeners, Darlene Arden's books are many, and they're not boring. I mean, even the titles will get you going. I love the one, Rover, Get Off Her Leg. That's a great, great behavior book, and she also has a book called The Complete Cat's Meow. Darlene, I guess you're going to be generous and give away one of each to one of our lucky listeners, correct?
2: I will indeed. So So tell us a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'll set it up, folks. You guys got to email arden at fourleggedlife.com with the code word Darlene Arden. And we'll repeat that later and we'll put it in the newsletter too. But you get your chance to get your paws on autographed, personalized copy of either Rover Get Off Her Leg or The Complete Cat's Meow by the one and only Darlene Arden. And let's go with the Rover Get Off Her Leg because I love that book and it's enough to make people grab it off the shelf. But you know what? It's got great, great insights into the canine behavior mode, right?
2: Absolutely. What I wanted to do was make behavior modification easy for the pet owner who's totally frustrated. So I took the most common behavior problems, here's what it is, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. And if you think you're the only one with the problem, well, I've tossed in anecdotes from some of my clients and from others around the world. Changed most of the names to protect the guilty. <laughs> and by the time you finish laughing, you realize maybe it isn't so awful. Because the more tense you get, the more tense the dog gets. You just everybody's frustrated. And, of course, they tell the rudimentary steps of how to click or train, which is very easy. And for those who can't use a clicker, I mean, there are people who've had a stroke or who are physically uncoordinated, and so they can either use a tongue click or they can use lure and reward. And I explain how this works, very simple, and how to modify the behavior. And at the end of the book, I tell you all the great things you can do with your now wonderfully behaved dog. But we really do get into some funny Instance. I've had people tell me they bought the book and loved it and don't have a dog.
0: No way. Well, maybe, you know what, and, they're training their husband or their wife or significant other, and they don't even know that they're being trained.
2: Well, that's or exactly teenager. if does. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful with kids. It's great with kids. It's also great to use. At a cocktail party, if you're bored or you don't really feel like you fit in, I'm horrible at cocktail parties. I'm much better speaking in front of a large group, but put me into a cocktail party and I go into the woodwork. So I usually, I'm going to give away a secret garden. Okay. I pick out the guy with the ugliest tie in the room. Okay. Our wife is really upset that he wore it, but the poor guy really likes it. And I'll walk up to him and say two words, Nice tie. And he feels really good about himself. His wife would like to kill me. See, I told you this guy was good. <laughs> and left Somebody feeling really good about himself. And this is really what operant conditioning clicker training does for animals. They feel good about themselves. They're not working because you're yanking them around. You're the jerk at the other end of the leash. Hey,
0: that's a great term. uh, Yes.
2: They're working because, hey, I get a really nice reward. When we work, we get money. That's their payment is kind of, hey, that was good, and a special kind of treat. And people think, oh, you're ramming treats down, you know, dog's throat all the time. No. I mean, some dogs would rather work, and this applies to cats, too. They'd rather work for a game with a special toy, or they'd rather work for affection. My cat is affection-motivated. It won't turn down a treat most times. But she would really rather do anything that I want her to do. So I call her me-motivated.
0: Me-motivated. And tell us a little bio on your kitty.
2: Oh, Amy's wonderful. She's I got her three and a half. So please, everyone, don't think you have to get a kitten. She's a retired show cat. She was absolutely bomb-proof. She was used to traveling. She made a wonderful traveling companion. She'll be 14 in August. Oh, nice. And she's a chartreux, oh, which is so- fairly rare. It's the smiling blue cat from France, otherwise known as a baked potato on toothpicks. It <laughs> has a very robust body and short but very powerful legs, but so gentle and so sweet. And they have four on the floor. Before you get a cat, you really need to know if you want one that's extremely active or if you'd prefer one that's quieter, intelligent, fun, a quieter. I didn't want to be met at the door by a cat who's walking on the ceiling. Right. I always think about, do you remember the old Pink Panther movie? Ta-dum,
0: da dum da dum
2: da yep. That's the one. And Peter Sellers would come to the door, and he'd open it, and the guy would greet him with a different kind of karate chop. Right. Well, that's how I think of some breeds of cats. You know, it's sitting on top of the refrigerator, and you're not quite thinking, and all of a sudden somebody lands on your head or your shoulder. Didn't want the surprise. The only table Amy will get up on is my computer table. She once saw something that interested her on the kitchen table. She got up on her chair, put her front paws on the table, leaned over, looked at it, satisfied her curiosity, and got down.
0: Nice, nice. And nice. people have
2: asked me how I trained her. I didn't. She just asked <laughs> who she is. She's a wonderful companion.
0: I love her name, too. It wasn't Kitty. I mean, Amy, that's a nice name. Is it Amy Arden?
2: As in Amy Arden, it's A-I-M-E-E because she's French. And it took me a full year to learn her registered name. She is GP, the <laughs> grand premier, Sinez Pleasure d'Amour of Lee.
0: Très magnifique, or la chatte. La chatte, that's my French. La
2: chatte, oh, well, my French is limited to ballet terms, so I've ordered an arabesque tour, should say, and gotten an ugly head waiter, so, you know.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, one thing we wanted to focus on is summer safety tips, and, you know, even our indoor cats could get in a little bit of trouble if we're not careful. Is there some things for our folks that are listening you might want to share to help them keep this summer a happy one for their indoor felines?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Try to keep, if you don't have air conditioning, have fans in safe places so that your cat can be cool. Make sure there's cool water around. Keep changing the water dish. I love a water fountain and I don't like standing water. I don't want to drink water that's been sitting all day. So I change out the water. I put extra water dishes around in the summer so that she doesn't have to go far. I find that she sleeps more during the heat of the day, and that's helping her a lot. The other thing is, they, this is the season when they're also blowing coke, no okay. matter what you do. And it has to do with daylight more than anything else. So brushing and combing daily is wonderful. If you have a cat with extremely short hair, you can use a chamois. Needless to say, your hairless cat is not going to shed, however... hairless cat can get sunburned. You need to put a sunscreen on your cat and if your cat is white it can also sunburn so you want to keep them out of the sun. Some of these cats are self-selecting sun seekers and they can very easily get burned just lying in that stream of light coming through the window which they adore but it's not you know and try to keep them occupied between 10 and 2 doing anything but lying in the sun. That's the hottest time of day and it's the worst possible time. If you take your cat out for a walk on a leash or if you have an enclosure, do not let them out between 10 and 2. And Good. the trees to grass. It's really important early in the day, later in the day. And if you are keeping them in an enclosure outdoors or walking them outdoors, you're going to have to talk to your veterinarian about a full vaccination schedule rather than limited vaccinations, which an indoor cat can have.
0: That's really good advice. And I know with the sunscreen, maybe we also need to alert people, hey, folks, don't just use your sunscreen because cats have a very sensitive physiology. So please, please talk to your veterinarian to make sure you've got one that's cat safe, right?
2: Absolutely, because cats lick themselves and they're going to ingest it. Whatever you put on them, they will ingest. And with the hairless cats, listeners might not be aware if they're thinking about acquiring one. They may be thinking that, oh, there's no coat to have to groom. You'll do at least as much work on skin care as you will brushing and combing a coat.
0: So let's talk about the sphinx or the Egyptian mouth, things like that. Tell us about what some of their, their concerns.
2: Well, they start to develop. They're bred on a defective gene. The gene for hairlessness is a defective gene. And because they're hairless, it leaves them sensitive to things. They end up with white heads. You need to moisturize them and use a safe moisturizer. It's total skincare. I mean, I love oh. them. I love to cuddle them. But would I have one? <laughs> you Nothing. Know, that's lot a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and people don't realize it. They think, oh, it's hairless, it's less work. No. Same thing with the hairless dogs mm-hmm. the Chinese crested, the Shulu It's easy for me to say. Yeah, that way I'm going to do it again, girl. That was good. That was good. It was Shulu It's Queenly. You
0: had me at X. <laughs> I can't pronounce <laughs> a very good art. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome! That was awesome. No, wait a minute, that was possum. Sorry, darling, possum. Okay, go, but keep with the same thought with the hairless dog breeds.
2: The hairless dogs require every bit as much attention because I've seen them sunburned, and it's painful to look at. They literally sunburn, and the owners don't understand that you really need to keep them protected. In fact, as well as a sunscreen, sometimes a light T-shirt over that helps if you're taking them out, if it's not hideously hot, because... You know, they really, they'll, and a t shirt alone is not enough. They will burn through anything.
0: I've been seeing, uh, it seems to be a new trend, uh, these new t shirts that they make for people are starting to come out on the market that have the SPF sun protection factor in some dog t shirts. Have
2: you seen them? Not yet, but I was hoping they would do that. I'm glad to hear that because they need it. There are also goggles for dogs to protect their Mm -hmm. eyes from the the rays, and people think, oh, how funny, you have sunglasses on your dog. Well, that's not funny if you've really invested in something that will make a difference. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. fashion sunglasses. Right. But, you know, but the goggles that will literally protect the dog's eyes from the uv rays
0: so That's all right i have a dog stuff. that likes to go out and about give me a couple of dog training tips to get this dog hopefully to think getting the goggles on makes me look mutt marvelous i am hot 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 i look at me i'm wearing the doggles how do you get the dog to what's some do's and don'ts for that you're trying to protect them but you also need to introduce them to wearing something on their head
2: Well, you need to introduce it slowly because you need to, and starting younger is always better, but, you know, sometimes you've got an older dog, you've adopted an older dog, and you get them used to something by letting them sniff it first, and Mm -hmm. then bring it nearer them, and give them a treat, and let them smell it, and sniff it, and then start to put it on for a second, and take it off, and put it on, and take it off, and always enthusiastically tell them, you look super, (laughs) you look Because you and I both know a high tone of voice like that revs them up, and they get it. The first time one of my dogs wore a coat, and living in New England, it's cold. That's a necessity for a small dog. They lose body heat more quickly than large dogs. And the first time he put this coat on, came running over to me. And his back end was sort of curved around. He was trying to look to see what was back there. (laughs) mom Mom, does it match my coat does the coat match my coat <laughs> and it was like what is it and i looked at him and said oh my gosh you look so handsome <gasps> aren't you gorgeous oh my look at you and your wonderful coat and it was suddenly oh really and just pick up on your attitude if you're very hesitant it'll telegraph right to the dog so do it slowly and they'll get used to it it's just a few minutes on, few minutes off, and it, you know, and then distract them, distract them with a treat, distract them with a toy. Hey, we're going out for a walk. And after a couple of days, yeah, shouldn't be much of a problem. Shouldn't take more than a week to do that. That sounds great.
0: We got to pay the bills. We're speaking with Darlene Arden. She, in my estimation, is one of the top dogs in all things pets, behavior, you know, veterinary care. She works with some of the very top veterinarians in the field. She is a seasoned journalist. If she tells you something, she's checked it out. So I really, really, really applaud you for that. We're going to find out a little bit more about Darlene and some more tips, but we got to pay for the show. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: time for a walk on the red carpet of course all behave will be back in a flash right after these messages
0: molly here's your dinner zeus that's not your food
1: don't let that happen to your precious cat elevate your cat's eating experience with the cat tree tray the cat tree tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree it's the perfect way to eat Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
2: Hi, this is Rosalind Kind. And I want to get you all to tune in to Arden Moore on the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. Come out, come out wherever you are. Right.
1: We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Behave. Here's Arden.
0: Welcome back to the OBEH show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time. The time is flying by way too fast. We have Darlene Arden here, and she's giving away an autographed copy of each of her books. She has many, but the two books that are up for grabs, you have to email arden at fourleggedlife.com with the code word Darlene Arden. We're not related. She has a great last name, and she said I have a great first name, so... I guess she gets to stay on as my guest on the show. Just kidding. Her books are up for grabs are called Rover, Get Off Her Leg, and The Complete Cat's Meow. We will be giving out an autographed copy of each of these titles to lucky listeners, and she will personalize it for you and your pets in your life. So we're back with Darlene. Darlene, we were talking about uh, getting pets to wear some protective clothing. What are some other good summer tips you might want to offer our listeners?
2: Definitely do not walk your dog between 10 and 2. The sun is strongest. And use the palm of your hand. If the pavement is too hot for the palm of your hand, it's too hot for the pads of your dog's feet. Try to stick to grass if that's possible. Tar or hot top will melt in the heat and will actually stick to the pads of your dog's feet. Wow. And you can't just pull that off. You'll pull off the pad with it and you don't want to do that, and you certainly do not want to use alcohol. Petroleum jelly will help, but a quick trip to the vet will be even better. Watch out for sunstroke. Don't leave your pet out for any length of time. Take them out early morning, late in the afternoon to do what they have to do, and if you're going to play with them outdoors, do it when it's cooler.
0: Now, can I ask you something with the sunstroke? What's a couple of signs that may be showing your your dog's getting overheated?
2: A lot of panting. They perspire through the pads of their feet and through panting. They could actually collapse. What you want to do is get, there are coats called a cool pack and bandanas like that, and you can refrigerate those, put those in the freezer, and then put it around the dog so the dog stays cooler. Okay. There are also cool mats they can lie on, but if your dog does get sunstroke... You want to immediately put it into a cold bath and try to cool it off, but quickly.
0: I want to clarify. You mean cool, not cold, because you don't want to shock I mean the cool. system. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't
2: want to shock them, but you want a cool bath, and you want to get them to the veterinarian as fast as possible. But you do need to try to drop that temperature immediately because you don't want the dog to die on the way to the vet. Right. So the best thing is the prevention. Try not. To I, get I agree with that. Situation. Also, on the hot days, do not take your dog with you in the car. Cracking the windows doesn't do it. Even at 70 degrees with the windows cracked, the car quickly heats up. And if you want to prove this, AKC has a wonderful public service announcement where it shows somebody putting a chocolate bar on the dashboard of their car, and you see how rapidly that chocolate melts.
0: Oh, nice. That's- how do we get more of that information? Give me the website to the AKC so people can, after the show, check more of these out.
2: They do that on television stations. They release it to them, but you could mm. ask them for the, perhaps your local television station to get it, and it would be www.akc.org. Okay. It's the American Kennel Club, and they do some wonderful work on things like yes, if you have a dog, the dog doesn't understand it's Saturday. You still have to get up and walk them even if you want to sleep <laughs> in. Yeah. Telling the dog I don't have to go to work today really isn't going to cut it with the dog. <laughs> now, speaking
0: like, of dogs, you know, we've learned about Amy. Who's the dog in your life now?
2: Currently, Amy is the only four-legged kid in my life. Okay. I miss having a dog, but I have I have loner dogs. I have- <laughs> Okay. Like adopted family members, and the closest one to me right now is Karma the flat coat retriever. Oh, nice. So I get yeah. to hang out with Karma and spoil her rotten, and I tell her, Grandma's here.
0: Oh sweet!
2: So that's as close as we get. I get to be grandma.
0: You know what? If I was a dog or a cat, I would love that you would be my grandma. I think you would spoil me with goodness. I mean, you would get—you know—you pamper with a purpose. I think is what you do.
2: What a nice way to put it. Yes, I try to do that. Although occasionally, there are the special toys. Grandma gets to do that and things that bring the whole family into playing with the dog. And Karma has lovely manners. And she's a very good girl, and I'm very proud of her.
0: Oh, that's good.
2: She's a few miles away, and usually people who know me are probably surprised to hear me say it's not... A small dog. For my own purposes, I like a small dog that goes with me everywhere. It's a little hard to carry a flat coat retriever.
0: Karma, purse my ride!
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think you, though, people, you need to know about Darlene Arden. She loves little dogs, but she also treats them as dogs, And you came Mm -hmm. up, you know, the phrase four on the floor, you see a lot of, I call them purse my ride dogs, where these poor little chihuahuas and teacup, whatever Yorkies, they don't even get to get out of the designer bag. They don't get to sniff and walk and just, we've got a few minutes left, just give a little do's and don'ts on how to really help somebody with a small dog, help that dog be a dog.
2: Well, first of all, it is not an accessory. It's not a purse. It's not a bracelet. It's a dog. It's just in a smaller body. But I can assure you it's a real dog. The dog does not need a frilly dress. The dog does not need anything but your love, some good training, A harness, definitely, instead of a collar, because most of them have a collapsing trachea, and you don't want to make that worse. They don't have it. They're all predisposed to it, so don't borrow trouble and don't start trouble. You have to be aware of loose dogs and children running loose, because those are pretty dangerous to little dogs, and unless they've met a lot of children when they're young, they don't really like them, and with good reason, because... They can be hurt by them. Children should only be allowed to hold them when they're sitting on the floor with the dog because anything a child can pick up, a child can drop. And they do have some special needs, but they all need to be trained, and they're extremely intelligent. They train so quickly, and they do what we call throwing behaviors. You show them one thing and then they'll show you the same thing, but with an added little touch to it. Well, you like that? <laughs> you like this? How about this? Let me show you this. And they will do it so rapidly. And they're bright. They're not ornaments. They're real little dogs and they want to be your companion and they want to do things with you. And they show it. They're wonderful at Canine Musical Freestyle. They do well at rallyo. They do well at almost everything. They will not, well, they probably would try to pull a sled, but, it, you know, it would have to be size appropriate. Great. <laughs> They're great little companions, but it drives me nuts when I see all these celebrities carrying them as if the dog can't walk, and then kids want just what they see. And right. that's absolutely the wrong way to raise a small dog. You pick them up to get them out of trouble, or if they get really tired, you'll have to pick them up because right. every one of our steps is like, 10 of theirs, you know, they have to rush to keep up. But they really do well. I know people who've taken an Afton Pincher hiking in the woods and it scared off a bear. I don't recommend that.
0: Yeah, I have a big dog and a little dog. My big dog says 60 pound golden retriever husky mix. And my 12 pound dog, Cleo, she is. We think she's got a dash of miniature poodles, some kind of terrier, Bichon, and the DNA supposedly alleges that she has Basset Hound in her. But she surfs, and she's actually a better surfer than my dog Chipper. But this is my first small dog, darling, and I thought, there's no way on God's good earth I'm going to make this girl into a foo-foo dog. And she she's 10, and I call her the Betty White of canine surfers.
2: <laughs> That's great. And that's the way it should be. They're real dogs, and they can't enjoy life if they're not doing something that's safe with you. And right. you're keeping her safe, and she's having a good time. And how much better can it be than that?
0: That's right. I am so glad. We're going to have you back because we just scratched the surface of what you are giving great insights into the world of pets. You really are the pet's best pal, i got to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, she has been doing this for a number of years and you are somebody that we look to for guidance, and so I got to say, I'm a fan of you, darling.
2: Oh well, it's mutual, Arden. Thank you so much.
0: We're gonna have it, as we know, folks. We've got this new segment on our show. It's kind of a fun Q and A. It comes to you from FamilyPet.com. dot com. So I'm gonna have Darlene listen to this Q and A, uh, and before we say goodbye, the question is: What is the step by step instruction to teach my dog the off cue? And the response from FamilyPet.com is, you know, is there anything more vexing for a pet parent than uh, having a dog who jumps on the sofa or the bed and then refuses to get off or worse, won't let anybody else on? It's also bad when they jump on counters. Because they could get into something that could hurt them. And it's kind of impolite when your dog jump, jump, jumps all over the people when they come into your house. So here's some tips from Family Pet. First, always get the attention of your dog before beginning any basic command. And make sure she knows you're the, the benevolent leader. The leader of all good things. Stand very straight before her with your shoulders, back, and hands above the waist to get her attention. And also say her name before you do anything for asking her to do something. Or you can use a non-emotional marker before a verbal cue. A non-emotional marker can be like a whistle, a clap, anything that works for you. Next, make sure she knows the sit command. And though even though you won't be using it when she's on the couch, sit is a real key basic command. It's a foundation. You know, I always like to say a dog can't get in trouble when they're in the parked position. Right, Darlene?
2: Absolutely. Good way to put it.
0: Yeah. So then for the off, you need both verbal and hand cues. When she's up on the bed or something or on a person, say off. And move your hand slowly and smoothly away from the object and in a downward motion. You might want to hold a treat. And when she gets off the couch and all four paws are on the ground, praise her and give her a treat. And you have to with any kind of training. Consistency and clarity are very, very important. If you don't want her on the bed, you can't be strict one day and then lax the next because you're just going to cause canine confusion. And always be happy and enthusiastic so your dog doesn't think she's being punished. And these are just some of the tips from FamilyPet.com. But, darling, do you have anything you want to add to that? But basically, you need to be clear, concise, and consistent, right?
2: Always. And never use your dog's name or your cat's to call them to you for anything but something good. Or you're going to break the bond. And that off-command, which basically it's a a cue. I like to call them cues.
0: Yeah, I do too.
2: Uh, I much prefer that. The off-cue... Can also be very helpful in the car. It, if, of course, I expect you to have your pet in a crate or in a carrier or in a car seat, well protected. But they need to learn to stay, and when it's safe to get out of the car, so they don't leap into traffic. So that off can also help with getting off the seat of the car, or you can choose another word for, to use for both situations. I don't have a problem personally with dogs on the furniture. The dogs well. <laughs> If it's well-behaved, it's a family member, and that's just not an issue for me. If there's a lot of shedding, I prefer to put something on top of the sofa so the dog or the cat can comfortably lie on it, and you're not going to go crazy. I need shed on my sofa. Oh, please. <laughs> why do you have this companion? You know, There you go. <laughs> the, the only time they don't get to stay on the bed is if they abuse the privileges. If they don't want to let the person into the bed, then... That's the time to tell them no, I don't think so. Or if you're highly allergic. Right. Then you know, we can't sleep together. I love you dearly, but no you can't so
0: I have to give you this vision to take with you before we go off the air. I have a regular sized couch in my my living room and a little love seat and a recliner. Picture Arden Moore watching TV with my sixty pound dog chipper my 12 pound dog Cleo and my two cats Zeki and Murphy and where are those fine furry fab four they are all shoehorned with me on the love seat i look over at this big naked empty couch recliner i go what is up with you guys and i pray that you know i practice my kegel so i don't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of this moment but they all shoehorn themselves and they're all on the sofa with me
2: that's because they love you you're their family. They're your family. And everybody should be together. Guess who's on my lap right now? Oh, Amy. Amy. Amy is on my lap right now. She's part of everything. And why people think cats are aloof is entirely beyond my comprehension. Oh, I agree. We need to get rid of these old wives' tales. I don't know who those old wives were, but if I can <laughs> and I they don't have tails either. Mind. These old wives—they don't have tails. So what uh, up with that? That's a weird. They don't. <laughs> it's very strange. I just don't understand it. But as we're talking, Amy is aloe marking me. She's rubbing her cheek against me, and she's kissing, nice. and she's cl- and now she's decided to settle down on top of me, which will last right up until the next kiss comes. They are very interactive, wonderful, loving pets Uh
1: who can be trained
2: easily, perhaps too easily. The difference between training a cat and training a dog, as you know, is that once you train a cat, you can't untrain it. So be careful what you wish for when you train. But they're wonderful observational learners, and they're so much fun, and I don't want people to ignore them. And for cats and dogs, you don't need a puppy or a kitten You can get an older one and give it a new leash on life. Well, that's
0: great ageless advice from the one and only Darlene Arden. She's given away an autographed copy of two of her books. One is called Rover, Get Off Her Leg, and the other is The Complete Cat's Meow. And I want you to go to darlingarden.com and check out more about what she's doing. To get your paws on these books, you have to email Arden at FourLeggedLife.com with the code words Darlene Arden. At this time, I want to thank you, Darling, so much for being a special, special guest on our show. Thanks for making the time.
2: Oh, thank you for inviting me. I've had a wonderful time. It's been and nice I also
0: being your company. Us Arden's got to stick together, girl. You bet. Art and Arden
2: does sound like a law firm.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Maybe we could become <laughs> legal beagles in our next life. There you go. Alright, I also want to thank Mark Winner. He is my producer. He makes this show and all the shows on Pet Life Radio's Network happen each and every week. We are the top dog when it comes to pet podcasting, so check us out. This is Arden, your flea-free host, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four leggers out there. Oh behave. Coast
1: to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.